creating a, a distribution plan and, you know, that's not easy. It's not always easy because, again, there's so many things coming down the pipeline that need attention and need consideration. But ideally, you want to make sure that you know exactly how every piece of content is going to be distributed and think out of the box how you want to accomplish that. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SASSEO Show. I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Ziv Gidron. Ziv is a Senior Account Marketing Manager at Guesty, the world's leading short-term rental property management platform. Ziv is passionate con- a passionate con marketer with over five years under his belt, uh, spearheading con marketing and hyper-growth B2B SaaS companies that have uh, cumulatively raised hundreds of millions of dollars in funding and serve thousands of customers worldwide. We are connected for a while now on LinkedIn, and I'm really excited about this conversation today. Ziv, welcome to the SaaS SEO Show. Thanks. Same here. Same here. Excited to be here. So um, as we do with every guest here at the SaaS SEO Show, I would like to start with um, you know the question that asks you to share a few things about your background and what has brought you to where you are today. Sure. So I think, I think I share this with a lot of content marketers. And this comes up a lot when people ask me if I know other content marketers or content writers, et cetera, um, that most of us, there's not a content marketing course out there, or there might be, but that's not usually the route most of us take. Uh, and, I, and I heard on your show a lot of journalists, a lot of um, you know, bachelor in fine arts, a lot of masters in, in, in philosophy. Um, so, so I actually, I actually studied acting and playwriting in New York, um, and worked as an actor for a good many years. Um, I, I did theater, uh, I did film, I did commercials, uh, in New York, in Tel Aviv, even in Australia. Um, and then about, about six years ago, five or six years ago, um, I started transitioning away from acting. 
um, you know, the passion sort of started dwindling down and it, and, and again, and I started, so I started, uh, working as a, as a freelance content writer, um, for an agency here in Israel that works with, uh, global B2B companies. And I, I, I've, I've been writing since, since I know myself. Uh, but all of a sudden I was able to attach this writing to business goals um, and, and really do something with it. It wasn't just, you know, writing poems or uh, plays or, um, you know, it was, it, it, it had tangible results in the real world and I really fell in love with it. And so I did that for a while. And then um, we just talked about it before, uh, you know, we started recording in the prep talk that Israel, Tel Aviv specifically, is a massive, massive, massive tech hub. Massive. It's a, it's a Middle Eastern uh, Silicon Valley. And the tech scene here is booming and thriving, um, not only with uh, Israeli companies, think about Monday.com and SimilarWeb, uh, and so many other big names, like Waze, but also so many companies have R&D centers here, Microsoft, Google, uh, Salesforce, Amazon Web Services, all of them. And so I saw this as an opportunity. And I started teaching myself using HubSpot Academy, shout out to HubSpot. I started teaching myself the craft of content marketing. And before I knew it, I was, I I was in it. Um, I worked at a seed stage startup and got to build its content until Series A. Um, and now I'm working at Gusty, which just raised $170 million in, um, in funding. Um, so I've had, I've had the gamut of, of both what content marketing means when you are a small company trying to make a lot of noise trying to um, to punch way above your weight. And I now have the experience of being the prohibitive market leader, Gesty, which we'll talk about more in, in a little, um, which is a completely different ballgame, right? And then there's the middle between both of these that I've also touched on. Um, so yeah, so I currently work at Gesty. That's great. And I guess that's the first time I hear someone uh, getting from acting to, I mean, I've heard journalists becoming con marketeers, but it's the first time I hear someone who was an actor to, to get into con marketing. And I can't yeah. think of any use cases of acting into con marketing. I don't know. Uh, do you see any? Like, Yeah, uh, I do. I think about this all the time. I think that, I think one of the biggest things the, the biggest parallels that I see between both of these worlds is that um, as an actor and as a content marketer, we are um, beyond obsessed with what we're producing, with what we're presenting. We, we, we meticulously break it down and we review it three, four, five times and, 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 and we do review cycles and we tweak it and we touch it up. All these good things, uh, theoretically. But we do this so much that we kind of forget about the actual audience. 
And the way it comes through in theater is that you'll be on stage and, and, and you're, you're much too preoccupied with yourself, with making sure you hit the lines just right. And if you fumble on a line, you know, inside of your heart and your brain, you're like, oh my God, I screwed it. I screwed the entire show. This is, this is a tragedy. Whereas in reality, when the show ends and audience members come up to you, they're mostly going to say this was a growth. They have no idea that you missed a line. And it's the very same thing with content marketing. Our audiences don't know that we tweak this word or that it has to be that word. And I'm, and I'm absolutely not advocating for lazy work. Far from it. But what I am saying is that a lot of the times we get too trapped in our own work. And a lot of the times when I was starting out, I realized that I was writing content not for the audience, but for my, my superiors. I was writing stuff that I felt they would like. And so the feedback loop would be shorter and there would be less revisions, uh, et cetera. And I would totally forget about the audience. And that is a trap that we all fall into. Um, and I, so I think about this all the time, that, that the focus has to be the audience. When you're on stage and when you're a content marketer, you have the fo- you are not the story here. And I can't say this enough. Um, so, yeah, so I think about this all the time. And, and there's a bunch of things that, you know, keep popping up that, I, that are pretty interesting parallels between these two worlds. Okay, and we will discuss some of these things today. Um, so, what is Guesty? And uh, like, what is the audience? Sure. So, Guesty is, as I said, by leaps and bounds, the leading property management software for short term rentals. And let's break that down for a little. So, a property management software is, as the name would suggest, a software that helps uh, property managers uh, manage their properties. Um, but then this is specifically for short-term rentals. And when we say short-term rentals, we mean any rental um, that is about under a month, though at this point, even you know, Airbnb is logging 28 days plus stays. But anything that's not you know, a yearly lease, that's a short-term rental. And, and then even that breaks down into a bunch of categories. What people don't realize uh, is how massive this market is. Okay, we are talking about a multi-billion dollar market, almost a trillion dollar market um, that we we all interact with at this point, right? We have all been to an Airbnb, but never, but we 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 don't really stop to think, wait, how many Airbnbs are out there? Millions across the globe. And you have you have the uh, category of, of hosts, uh, which we serve, and you have the category of property managers and property management companies. Now, the hosts can be uh, people with one, two, three listings. And property managers, we define as anyone with four to 10,000, 200,000 listings, okay? And, and the hosts are, you know, probably... Probably people you know, probably friends who uh, who have another property. Uh, maybe they inherited a listing. Maybe they bought cheap, and they want to make some money off of it. Uh, they want to make some passive income. So 
they rent it. Um, and a lot of the times they find out that it's a lot more complicated than they thought. That uh, uh, posting a listing to several different platforms and communicating with several different people uh, at the same time uh, can be much more tasking than they thought. And that this actually demands a software that helps manage all of these things. And then property management companies, these are companies that either own, let's say, 100 properties. They own a building. They own, uh, I don't know, how, however many vacation rentals, or they manage. Okay, So they reach out to the owners, the hosts we just talked about, and say, you know what? I'll manage it for you. I'll manage your properties. You give me a certain cut but I will manage your properties. I will make sure that you don't have to deal with uh, guest messaging and tasks and cleaning and listing, but I do get a cut. Um, and so this world, all right, this spectrum, and we have two products. We have Guessy for, Pro for Pros, which serves everyone with four listings and up, and Guessy for Hosts, which serves anyone with one properties, uh, with one property to four. And that is a wide, 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 wide spectrum. And we have the best tool in the market for all of these things, for uh, distributing your listings across multiple platforms at once, for centralizing all your bookings into a single calendar, for centralizing all guest messaging into a single inbox, and more and more and more. That's all very interesting. And my question would be, um, how do you like, how do you do content? Like, how do you define content strategy for the audiences that you just described? Yeah. So, so it's, uh, it's really two different beasts, these two segments. And I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, reveal too much about how we're approaching this. Uh, in the near future, but I but I can speak about what we have been doing so far. So I'm specifically in charge of creating content for the Guessy for Pros product, for the B2B product. Um, and I have a team. And then there's a, another team, another content team that's responsible for Guessy for Hosts uh, content. Because one is B2B and the other one is very much B2C. Um, and so... You know, if I if I was to tease a little, we are realizing now that you know that the separation might be a little bit artificial. That a lot of the times, the content that we produce, say for property managers with forty listings, um, will be consumed by content uh, by the audience that that only has one or two listings, and vice versa. Uh, we work with a lot of influencers uh, there. And, and again, people don't understand, you know, uh, how big this entire field has become. There are mega influencers in this field and we work with them uh, to promote the Gussie Froze product. But there's a lot, but a lot of people who interact with that content end up coming into the Gussie for Pros product and vice versa. Um, so it's really interesting. It's really interesting to find this out on a daily basis and then rethink how we approach things. You know, content marketing is such a needs to be so dynamic. You need to pivot 
again, as I said, it's all about the audience. So even if you believe that there should be two separate teams, one B2B and one B2C, but then the data is showing you that a lot of the times the audience is the same, then you have to pivot. And at the end of the day, as I see it, at least correct me if I'm wrong, but someone who may be a, a host today with three properties, um, next year, you know, things are going well. Um, maybe they, they become a pro and they have six properties and, you know, that's exactly what we're hoping for. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're hoping that happens and we're hoping that they stay within the guesty life cycle that when they say, all right, it's time for me uh, to graduate. Um, I'm, I'm growing bigger. This is no longer a hobby. This is a business. Right. If if they're all of a sudden quitting their day jobs and saying, Whoa, I'm making bank off short-term rentals, uh, and I want to have six or six and maybe ten, then our hope is that they say, Well, I'm using Gussie for hosts. Time to switch up. That's uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That 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 makes perfect sense. And I guess my my follow-up question here would be guest is a property management software. Uh, and I'd like to know how you maintain a balance between content that's created for specific platforms, for example, Airbnb, uh, and content that's more broad and, let's say, platform agnostic. Well, what do you mean by platform agnostic? I mean, are there uh, people? Are there companies? I guess that applies mostly to B two B who are just trying to think, who, who you know, try to do things like on their own website without using any like platforms like Airbnb or booking.com. That's what I had in mind. I don't know if it's very common, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here you go. I mean, if, uh, if, 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 if you, if you're looking for a position in Gusty, holler at me because you're very right. I mean, your, your intuition here is a hundred percent correct. So Airbnb, booking.com, Furbo, Expedia, Etc. are called OTAs, online travel agencies, and um, and 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 there are commission costs that come with um, distributing your listings on these platforms. So yes, um, a lot of property management companies are now building their own direct booking websites where they get to keep a hundred percent of the money, um, and the way. The way you market to that is by understanding that there's no single path uh, to do this right. I've spoken with uh, customers who are 95% just listing on Airbnb or, or listing on Airbnb and booking.com, let's say. And, and I've talked to customers who said, you know what? No, we are going 80% direct booking and 20% OTAs. But as content marketers who are tasked with educating and supporting uh, this super, super wide spectrum of um, ways to do this, we need to serve the entire gamut. So be it a direct booking guide, for example, that we're working on, how to increase your direct bookings, uh, best SEO practices for your direct booking site, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, 
uh, one of our best performing uh, blog posts is a checklist on how to get started on Airbnb. So there's no right way. And our agenda is not um, Airbnb is a fantastic partner of ours, right? But but our agenda is is not with the OTAs or with it's it's only serving our property managers and however they want to do business. That makes sense. One question I have though is from a content ideation standpoint, or in other words, like how do you come up with the keywords that you're going to go after or the content ideas that you're going to execute on? How do you come up with those? Uh, is it like the typical, you know, let's use a, uh, an SEO software with keyword data, such as Ahrefs, for example, and just try to find keywords that our audience may be using when they're searching online, or you you take a different approach. Um, I, I would like to to hear your thoughts on on content ideation and how you come up with these topics that you cover as part of your content strategy. So it's a bit of both. Um, First of all, we have a fantastic SEO uh, manager um, who drills down into keywords, drills down in Google Search Console, and and really dives deeply into high intent keywords. And of course, ranking is important. Uh, that you know that is all taken into consideration. But um, so it depends on what stage of the funnel we're going after. Okay, if it's top of the funnel, then SEO is going to play a very heavy part. And I want to say that SEO plays a part in, in all content because all content is being optimized for SEO. But if it's very much top of the funnel, then SEO is going to play a heavier hand here. It's the, the process is really going to be, um, these are the keywords that we want to rank for, go. But if it's the middle of the funnel or the bottom of the funnel, um, then the process is somewhat the other way around where the content marketing team comes up with ideas and then optimizes the text or optimizes everything within the blog post guide, what have you, even YouTube uh, descriptions uh, for uh, SEO. And, um, and the way these ideas come about, right, the ideas that, that are not uh, necessarily SEO led is brainstorming. But uh, brainstorming, discussions, understanding what the wider company strategy is, uh, speaking with our very robust strategy team. And again, you know, Guesty, it's, it's, it's a, it's a huge luxury to work at a company that has at this point 600 employees all across the world is heavily strategic. So it's understanding what our strategy is. Um, also, a lot of the times content will be informed by our products. Right, the Guesty, the Guesty platform, uh, the Guesty, um, is 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 very much propelled by its product, which is fantastic. Right, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a joy to work at B two B SaaS with promoting a tool that is really helping people like a shovel for a person who wants to build a well it's not ephemeral it's not you can tie every you know revenue growth that a guesty customer has uh back to um 
to Gatsby. So a lot of the times we'll need to create a lot of content that supports our product launch launches, right? Um, so uh, we launch in January um, a product called Damage Protection, which covers properties from uh, guest damages. So we needed to create a blog post around it, a video, uh, um, a feature page, and obviously that had to be SEO optimized, but it had to serve uh, the product. Uh, but other ways um, that I like mining for content specifically, and, and this is something that um, that I talk about a lot, is is that sometimes we, you know, when we're brainstorming and researching, we um, and this sort of goes back to to it's all about the audience uh, thing that we were talking about. You know, we research and we go and we read a thousand reports and we look at Google Trends and and we're, you know, we read all the publications and we use Spark Toro to understand what our audience is talking about and we get super cerebral about it. Uh, while all this time we can just schedule a call <laughs> with an existing customer. Uh, a lot of the times, by the way, they'll be more than happy to do it. Okay, they'll they'll be happy to to um, dedicate thirty minutes just to do it because people like to be asked for their opinion. Period. But but if you don't feel that you have this kind of relationship with your customers, then you can offer you know a twenty dollars Starbucks gift card, what have you. You can incentivize. The point being. Ask your existing customers, ask your existing users, because guess what they used to be? They used to be leads. They used to be the exact same leads that you are, that you are searching for uh, far and wide and trying to understand and dissect and, and what, you know, who are they? What is their persona? Just ask them, give them a call and ask them, um, or, or you don't have to, you don't even have to, to allocate specific time for it. For example, a few weeks ago, I was uh, doing a case study and take all with a, with a customer of ours. Um, and it was specifically uh, to write uh, a write-up case study. Um, and, 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 and we got that part done. And then I finished our conversation with asking, uh, you know, straightforwardly, what content do you want to see? What content do you want to see? Just tell us. What content do you think that your peers want to see from Guesty? And uh, this is a UK customer of ours. And she said something fascinating. She said, um, I would love uh, a list or I would love a blog post about how to conserve energy. Why? The UK is going through a major energy crisis, given the situation in Ukraine, um, uh, you know, breaking gas ties with Russia, uh, and, and, and electric bills are shooting through the roof and gas bills. And, and these property management companies are paying, are footing these bills, and these hosts are, are paying these bills, and they're skyrocketing. So... How do I conserve energy? This is, this is what they're looking for right now. Okay, They want to know uh, uh, what tools can I use to conserve energy? Maybe it's something strategic. They, 
this and this is specific to our UK audience and they want to know it right now. This will help them. So that's just one example. Just ask. Um, and another way to go about it is, is, is again, to listen to their questions, right? So we have uh, Desi Holds dozens, dozens of virtual events a year more than any other company that I ever worked with. And, and we do so because, because they're helpful and they are educational and informative and quite successful. We're talking about hundreds of registrants, um, uh, a lot of them turning into MQLs and SQLs. It works. But every such webinar uh, wraps up with a Q&A, with 10 minutes Q&A, 15 minutes uh, Q&A, and the questions come pouring in. Those questions are everything you need to know. Everything you need to know. Um, I don't know. You're doing a webinar about revenue management, which is a big topic in um, uh, property uh, management. People are starting to ask. And we bring experts. We bring partners. Okay, we have very, very robust partner relationships. Uh, we have a marketplace of third-party integrations that's well over the 100, I think, and 50-plus partners, and we co-market with them. We do, a, we do virtual events with them constantly. All right? So here we are in a virtual event, right? We have a guest speaker, and then we have three of the foremost thought leaders and experts in revenue management for uh, property uh, management for short-term rentals. And the questions are coming in uh, because people know, your audience knows, right? This is whatever, the Dalai Lama of this field. I'm going to ask them really high intent questions in the hopes that I get an answer. And right there, it's full house. They're asking questions <laughs> that you could that you could literally take. The question, right? Because again, we know that SEO and Google loves the question. Take the question as is and create a blog post from it. What are the best revenue management tools on the market? Can very well be a question. How should I think about my revenue management strategy? These are questions that are happening in real time, in real life, and are being asked by leads there you go. So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, is it's important to research and go as far and brainstorm uh, uh, as far and as widely as, as you can. But, but if your company has existing customers, first of all, make sure to foster a relationship with your customers as a marketer, not only as a customer success manager, Right, the the relationships with customers should not only be relegated to their account executives or their customer success managers. Um, if you can offer them something in return, for example, a case study that will be published on you know in front of our tens of thousands of of readers across social media across our site, then then they want to foster this relationship. Um, and, and you have to do it because at the end of the day, if you want to know what to do, what to write about, what sort of content to create, then you can just reach out and ask. 
That's a very good point. And I really liked, I was going to ask, you know, if you could give us an example, but you gave a great example. Um, and I agree, like very often we, we, we rely on tools and, you know, nothing wrong with that. I mean, they serve a very specific like purpose, but mm -hmm. we don't seem to appreciate actually talking to, to, to customers, uh, which oh, yeah. is, you know, which is where all the answers are. Um, I guess so that's that's a great example I I would like to shift gears a bit and discuss con promotion I've noticed that some of your companies include linkable elements for example infographics and I'd like to know if you have a process in place to promote these assets either through link building or through social media um, yeah yes yes to all of the above and shout out to my colleague Hannah Levinson who's um, um, you know, very much uh, on top of 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 rethinking the way we distribute our content, um, and and you know, it's just a joy to be rethinking about these things. Um, so, so the way so the way things used to be, and I hope this is helpful um, for me to speak about how we changed processes and and what we were doing wrong um so it used to be we used to be uh we used to concentrate on um and and i mean this in the distribution um sense of the word because because i don't want to say quantity over quality because it was all high high quality content right we we don't we don't just create content for the sake of creating it but but we did not invest enough time and thought into how we want to distribute it. So we would do, um, and, and Ross Simmons from Foundation Marketing talks about it all the time about sort of the, the folly of um, creating so much content and then distributing it once. So we have, we have quite a lot of followers and engagement on LinkedIn, Facebook, surprisingly, or maybe not, but a lot of we have a lot of engagement on Facebook, which is again right going back to where's your audience. Um, uh, for example, I'm a huge LinkedIn fan. I use it a lot. I'm very active, um, but my audience isn't necessarily on LinkedIn. Um, so just something to think about. Anyway, so we would publish uh, it on all our social media channels. Uh, we have newsletters that go out to thousands of prospects and thousands of users and great. And a lot of it would, would get seen. I, and I'm not even, and I'm not talking about our paid efforts, right? We have an entire team dedicated for paid efforts, which will take guides and content and, um, a lot of our video testimonials, which are, you know, check them out. That's all I'm going to say. Check out Guesty Guestimonials. We're very proud of them. Um, but promoting that through paid. Um, so email, et cetera. And then we'd move on because the pipeline is always hot over here. Always. But now, now, you know, as we continue building the team, we've, we've stopped. Okay. We, and, 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 and when, and when stopping, by the way, and this is, hopefully another uh, helpful tip. When you stop uh, this sort of output, make sure first that all stakeholders, of course, upper management, but also sales and um, 
the partnerships teams, et cetera, which were used to just, hey, this partner wants to write a blog post. Okay, boom, out. Da, 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 da. We want to do this sales initiative. Okay, boom, 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 done. And when you slow things down, you have to communicate this. Everyone needs to be aligned that the factory isn't going to run at hyper speed anymore. Instead, right, as opposed if if I'm going to follow this factory analogy, we're going to become much more artisanal. We're going to make sure that every content piece is wrapped up with a clear distribution plan. And what that distribution plan uh, uh, can be can be many different things. Um, if, for example, we're working with a partner on something, and again, as I said, we have lots of partners. Um, so if we're working on a joint project with them, we would like to understand how they mean to promote uh, this piece of content. And for example, if they say, um, we're going to promote it in our newsletter, cool. Then here's a UTM because we want to be able to track um, this effort. We want to be able to see how many people came through the site through your newsletter. Okay. And then, um, but then, you know, if it's a video or a blog post, um, for example, that we think can work well or can be linked to uh, niche publications, for example, something about payment. Okay. So find out who the niche players in uh, niche publications are uh, and reach out to them and see if, 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 if we can foster a relationship backlink. Yes. So this is really going back to the fundamentals and the fundamentals always, always matter. Um, and of course, if this is a, a listicle about, um, I don't know, the best smart locks for your Airbnb, then we're going to make damn sure that every smart lock mentioned knows um, that we published this piece. Ahead of time is ideal, but you know, if, if the clock is ticking, then afterwards, because we want them to distribute it on their channels. And then you start creating a cycle because they created on their channels. And then maybe, you know, they mentioned someone else. And that is just an organic, you know, way to take over social media. Um, and yeah, and, but distribution is something to think about constantly and and again and also understanding the channels maybe this piece of content is prime for reddit distribution or um or is 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 better for instagram than it is for any other channel so creating a, a distribution plan and you know that's not easy it's not always easy because again there's so many things coming down the pipeline that need attention and need consideration. But ideally, you want to make sure that you know exactly how every piece of content is going to be distributed and think out of the box how you want to accomplish that. That's a great answer. I like it. Uh, I would like to discuss something completely different now, which is um, in one of your LinkedIn posts, you mentioned that, and I quote, uh, strong teams run on empathy and compassion. Um, and you close the post by saying that we are moving towards 
moving together and building things rather than moving fast and breaking things. I'd like to know what are your biggest learnings when it comes to building and growing uh, successful content marketing teams? It's all about um, people. And that might sound, if that, if that, I don't know, if that five or 10 years ago used to sound like, um, like, a, I don't know, like a Harvard business review cliche, then post COVID and certainly, right, I am a millennial and I work with many other millennials and, um, and even Gen Zers and every generation is different, but millennials, uh, make up 35% of the U S workforce. Okay. So you need to think hard about how to work with the generation that makes up much of your workforce, certainly in high tech, right? Um, and then there's another component to this, which was COVID, right? We used to be able to hide our personal lives completely from the office. I mean, it's, it's sort of hard to even imagine what things used to be, but I still remember going to a job physically five days a week from nine to five or six or seven and commuting home and 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 having a complete separation between work which was a very physical place at home and then covid broke this apart because we started showing up to zoom meetings you know for all our best efforts in the first half of 2020 by the second half of 2020 people were struggling and uh and 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 parents young children like myself you know, the many times the, the child would, uh, would rock up to the meeting and, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, or, or, you know, we would be in bad days because we were facing a global pandemic. We haven't seen our loved ones in months. We, there's uncertainty abounds. And so that reshuffled the cards because um, if, if you couldn't be empathetic towards your remote uh, team members, uh, then they were drowning. They were drowning. Well, you were drowning as well, by the way, but everything was out there, right? The dirty laundry is out. And we all found out that we're all human. We all found out that, that, that we have families and, and, and we have, uh, uh, roommates and we have pets and we have lives and we have, and, and this is what my home looks like, right? Like me being showing my home office a few years ago was unimaginable, but here we are. And so, and so we are, uh, uh, thankfully, you know, coming out of COVID, right? Uh, the hybrid model is, is very much a thing at Gusty. Um, we work twice at the office and three days, um, remotely. Um, but more, more than that, uh, employees' needs have shifted drastically, and 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 they they need um, to be seen, to be heard, and to be understood. And and that is, and again, that is, and and one could say, right, like, oh my God, what is this, right? This is not a yoga retreat. 
This is work. This is business. Seriously, what am I supposed to do? Do am I supposed to be their therapist? I'm their boss. Well, tough luck. All right. I mean, if you can't get with it, then you're then you're in trouble. Not your employees, because um, because an employee, certainly a millennial, right? I don't need to get into the great resignation. Blah blah blah. Will bounce. We, you know, will leave if they. If 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 uh, if they feel underappreciated and uh, underrecognized and and misunderstood, they will bounce. There are remote working opportunities. It's all good. Goodbye. And and uh, losing an employee. All right. Turnover costs are one and a half or two times the salary of the employee that just left. All right. So let's say that you are. Uh, uh, naturally, not a very empathetic person, or you know, you're, you're, you're. This is business. Uh, I want results. I want numbers. I want to see uh, dollars coming in to my bank account. Cool. So think about the fact that you are going to see much of these dollars uh, going out in the search for that employee that you couldn't understand or couldn't accommodate. And, and, and if you can't, then that will continuously happen because that, you know, this is the generation that we're in. This is the new workplace. And, and if you don't care personally about empathy and blah, 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 you should care about money and you should care about your bottom line. And hiring is expensive as hell. So retaining your team and retaining your team happy should be a top, top, top priority for any manager. That makes sense. That's a, that's a great uh, answer. Now we are running uh, out of time and I, I have one last question for you. Last week I was at Sastok and uh, I had a very interesting discussion with uh, uh, a person I'm connected uh, you know, with for a few years now. And at some point he asked me, if I am at all concerned about the fact that, you know, there is AI nowadays and it's, you know, picking up fast when it comes to creating, creating, you know, good content uh, at scale. And of course, my answer was that I'm not concerned at all about it. I mean, if anything, I see it as a tool about, for, you know, for example, doing tedious tasks that people um, don't want to do, for example, writing title tags or meta descriptions or any, like, things like that. And I guess th there is a, a discussion around that. And I would like to hear your thoughts on the the role of the content marketing team in the future. Um, is there anything, uh, uh, will there be anything left for us to, to do? 100% yes. And, and I want to break down my answer to two parts, which is the role of AI in content marketing and other fields, and what I think the um, content marketing team of the future is probably going to look like. So, um, so part one is, I agree with you, AI is a tool. And I'm just reading Zero to One, uh, Peter Thiel's Zero to One, um, where he talks about the fact that as humans, we are for some reason inclined to think that uh, machines and AI will replace us. And we view these tools as competitors. Uh, and, and he advocates, and so do I, that these tools are complementary. They're supposed to empower um, humans. They're supposed, and, 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 and sure, 
you know, autonomous vehicles at some point will replace um, taxi drivers. Uh, and, and I don't think that's something that we should not be discussing, right? The, the, um, the more uncomfortable parts of what automation and AI does. Um, but a lot, of, but, but, you know, and I'm not qualified to speak about those industries, but, you know, think about, think about the 19th century, how machines came into the picture and, uh, you know, everyone thought it was game over, but then we found different occupations and we evolved and, 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 and now, you know, fast forward to now we're in the digital age where we don't need to, I don't know, typewriter our content, we can just do it in a Google Doc. Um, but I digress. Content marketing, marketing as a whole is um, a very much, you know, it's very much data driven, but that data ain't worth anything without creativity. And as much as, you know, Dali and all these, you know, AI robots can paint beautiful pictures. Um, my wife, my wife is a painter. You can, you can see one of her paintings right behind me. Okay. And, um, and I, I just talked to my mom about it. Um, she was talking about her paintings and she was talking about how she saw some of the stuff that AI robots do and, and like beautiful pictures. And then she said, but when I see uh, your, your wife's paintings, um, I don't just think it's beautiful. It does something to me. It, it, it moves me. There's, there's something there that is uh, intangible. And, and, and humans will always have this and content marketers um, we'll always have that. And if you're not a creative content marketer, then you're probably in the wrong role. Even if all of this, right, you could be working in cyber and it needs to be super cerebral and you need to write about, uh, I don't know, like breaches and stuff like that. You still have to think about an angle and you have to reinvent yourself time after time after time. So can robots, can AI write great copy? Sure. But there's always going to have to be a human overseeing it. It might be that teams will look different. Maybe content writers will be content robot provide. I don't even know. But humans are always, always going to play a huge role in anything that has to do with creativity. Which leads me to my second point, the content marketing team of the future, right? I mean, if, if blogs, right, were sort of invented 10 or 15 years ago, and now everyone's doing it, then, and people are always inventing new things, right? So if you just follow that graph, um, I think that content marketing teams in B2B, specifically in the future, are going to be straight up media companies, and we see this happening, right? Stripe is, you know, sort of a media company. Uh, you can watch. <laughs> oh, it's just a flight, and and you can watch Salesforce webinars on on the plane, or or Salesforce produce content on the plane. Um, we're all going there because in order to differentiate ourselves from the competition, as um, you know only focusing on on ranking and seo and again we have to think we we know 
how uh, how dynamic this is, and Google comes up with new protocols, and 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 you have to reinvent. So I think you know the search engine is here to stay, and Google is here to stay. But again, who knows, right? But SEO is always going to play a crucial role in in grabbing search traffic. But when it comes to brand awareness and to outshine your competitors, it's going to be a media play. Uh, you know, teams are going to really be more uh, like editorial boards. It's it's going to be magazines, and it's going to be. And again, you can't really forecast the future. It might be something else. It might be something in the metaverse, right? B two B will certainly be in the metaverse. Um, it might be, uh, you know, it, it's hard to foresee this, these things. But um, so, if anything, creativity uh, is only going to become a much more important component, exponentially so. And again, if uh, when blog posts were really just first harnessed for SEO purposes for inbound traffic, um, you know, almost a decade ago, um, that and and you could write a very SEO driven only blog post and it would rank first. That's no longer the case, and Google is going to continue to becoming much, 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 much more sophisticated and parsing out valuable content as opposed to uh, non-valuable content and SEO and valuable content needs to live and happen uh, together. Um, it can't be separated at all. And, and I'm not, I mean, this is not news, but that graph is going to continue going up and content marketing teams are going to have to become studios. Like full-fledged creative studios. That's a great to, way to to wrap things up. And uh, like there are so many examples of what you just you know kind of illustrated. Uh, for example, Profitwell uh, is is a company I can think think of top top of mind, which was recently acquired by Paddle, and they were essentially a, me a media company. Um, yeah. HubSpot buying the hustle. Yeah, 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 yeah. What the hell? This, this, these, these are things that so that this is where you know things are going uh, when it comes to SaaS. In any case, um, Ziv, that was all very insightful. Thank you very much. Uh, last yeah. question I have for you, as with every guest here at the at the, at the SaaS So, where can people find out more about you and get in touch? Yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn. I am I am very active on LinkedIn. Uh, sometimes a little bit too much that I need to delete the app when I'm going away on vacation. So <laughs> find me there, uh, Ziv Gidron. Uh, you can probably find my full name in the uh, episode notes. Uh, find me there, DM me. Always happy to chat, always happy to connect. Um, yeah, that's where you'll find me. That's great. Ziv, thank you very much for, for doing you. this. Uh, really enjoyed it, really insightful. And uh, we will drop everything that people need to to know and have from you on the on the show notes. Okay, thank you very much. Cool, thank you. Thank you for staying with us until the end. Before you go, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part. You can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and 
analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrs.com AWT and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS SEO show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.